It's time for the best 60 minutes of your life. This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Alongside ESPN's John Anderson, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. This is the Homer Hour, 94.5 ESPN. I am not Homer. I'm Tony Cartagena, subbing in, cousin sub of the day for Homer. And I waited specifically 19 seconds from the time the big voice guy introduced Homer to the time I cracked the microphone. And it was not a long time at all. Probably should have waited, not waited that long, though, to talk to my co-host of the day, our guy from ESPN, Mr. John Anderson. John, what's going on, man? Well, uh, luckily the show isn't over, right? At 19, 19 seconds, and then we didn't get four zeros on the clock, and they sent everybody home. So luckily we have more time to play with uh, on the show. But, yeah, it's hard to believe that in that time you can complete two 22-yard passes and give everyone a heart attack. Yeah, you can go 44 yards against Joe Barry faster than we air commercials here on 94.5 ESPN. It is unbelievable. So for those who – are just getting caught up or, you know, we're celebrating Christmas Eve that day. The Packers took a three-point lead with 19 seconds to play, and they came about, what do do you want to call it, a fourth of a second, a half a second from uh, the Carolina Panthers having a shot at a game-time field goal. It was remarkable. And they had no timeouts, by the way. None. Which, in the end, uh, saved the Packers' bacon on this thing. But it it is staggering to me. That yeah, in 19 seconds, that like you can find a way that oh, this could go wrong. Like there's no way that can go wrong, right? There's 19 seconds. Nothing can go wrong in 19 seconds, and it is just. I keep telling people, it's amazing to me that that I kind of half joked with a, a very good friend of mine texting like, well, all I have to do is play defense for 19 seconds, and you're <laughs> like, thank God they didn't have to play defense for 20 seconds. Easier said than done then they would have failed at that. They would have failed at playing defense for 20 seconds. So and if I, it gets into overtime, who knows what happens. I watched it back. They showed, like, the referee clock, and I was like, oh, yeah. the ball the ball got snapped. So I was confused for a second, not realizing it's when the ball hits the ground. That's when mm-hmm. they ha- there can't be zeros on the clock. So, like, they got the snap off. They were ready. Yeah. It didn't hit the ground in time. And I... Right after the game ends, I'm in a room full of people. Um, a lot of people really upset because honestly, the vibe at like a watch party felt like a loss. Probably should have been oh. a loss. And I look at my group text, you know, different Packers fans from across the country or just friend groups, whatever. And the word "lucky" was used so many times. Now there was a bunch of other uh, letters and words in there that we can't say on the radio, but "lucky" was used and like. I don't know, would, when you watch that game or you watch some of the games the Packers have been in this year, wins and losses, I felt yeah. like that one was the luckiest win, and it was against the two and, what, 12 Carolina Panthers, but they were lucky to get on that flight with a W. Uh, so I'm going to go with fortunate. I feel like luck has uh, a little more um, role of, of, of fate involved here. I think they were just fortunate at the time right out. Uh, I did chuckle at the uh, the coach there for Carolina at the end of the game who said I didn't get an explanation. Uh, what explanation did you leave, need? Your guy spiked that there were no there was no time left on the clock and the game is over. I don't know what elaborate thing he was looking for, 
with that. But yeah, you're, you're you are fortunate to get out of there um, with that. And I'm with you. I, I kind of had to stroll around the house and out into the yard and out. What became a stroll around the house was like I need more space. So that became the driveway, which became <laughs> a walk around the neighborhood. Because you're just like, what What are we doing? And by the way, everything was going fine. They're up two touchdowns. And you're just like, even this, with this team, you're like, this has to be, this is done. This is locked up. Okay, finally, we're going to have one that's going to be a breather. And it's not. Nope. And then what made, you know, what made it worse for me is that um, – Early on, as I'm kind of taking notes for this show that I want to get on there, like early on, I'm like, oh, congrats. Bryce Young's not going to be the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Actually, he might. I don't know. That was written so early that he may actually be a late candidate for Player of the Week. Regardless, he has his career game, right, with numbers that he hadn't even come close to. And then what made it all worse was watching yesterday and seeing that somehow uh, Tommy DeVito finally got benched. Yep. Right. Like that. That's that finished it off. Like, and on top of all this, Tommy DeVito got benched because he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since he played the Packers. And I'm like, well, isn't that just the capper? This, like, how could I even the next day feel even worse about the defense? Uh, I know how. We can think back to Tommy DeVito, who got say seven times by the Saints, and then eventually they're like, you know what, this guy can't play, and the Eagles had the Eagles put him on the bench. And I'm like, that's judge. That to me was the final humiliation of the weekend for the Packers was they escape with this win. And then, and then, um, then Tommy DeVito ended up on the bench. So two quick notes on that. Jen, uh, Jen Latta from Jen, Gabe and Chewy this yep. morning, she brought up a point that said when she watched the game in real time, there's a Packers player that accidentally, and I'm throwing up some air quotes there, accidentally gets in the way of the referee spotting the ball and she wanted sure. to give him the game ball, call him the real hero, the MVP. So I have to go back and see who that that national treasure of a human being was. But also, you just brought up the defense. I mean, the defense just got shredded. Like it's just embarrassing. Bryce Young very much could be defensive player or offensive player of the week. Devito gets benched after lighting up, looking like Tom Brady in the two minute drill against the Packers. Yeah. And Bayf- Baker Mayfield had a perfect passer rating. However. Packers head coach, we got some audio coming up here. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur somehow didn't blame his defense. Take a listen. No, his fault. Can you come out of this feeling any better about that side of the ball than you did last week? Oh, Certainly. I mean, that was definitely frustrating. Um, You know, I I think, but it wasn't just, it wasn't just on the defense. I mean, offensively, you got to give them a a breather, especially if we're bleeding a little bit defensively. We got to find a way to, you know, put together a scoring drive. We've got to find a way to get some first downs to allow those guys to recover, recoup. Um, momentum's a crazy phenomenon, and I think they just they got the momentum in the, in the second half, and uh, they were rolling in, really in every phase. I'll just give you the floor there. Like, come on, <laughs> come on. What are they saying in the locker room, by the way? Because the, the, the Panthers come out, and I think with the exception of the uh, – uh, the time running out. Maybe they punted once, but they put up three touchdowns. Uh, the week before that, the uh, Buccaneers actually took mercy at the end, or they would have scored on every second half possession. Uh, how is this not addressed? Hey, guys, we need to come out and make sure we don't let them have the momentum. And oh, by the way, uh, momentum takes more than just one touchdown. Like you let them literally continue to build that. I do chuckle at LaFleur. 
like I keep thinking um, the next time uh, I'm cooking on Sunday and like uh, I leave the the uh, the roast in too long, I'm just going to go, well, that's obviously Matt LaFleur's fault because uh, I was watching them go three and out and I was getting frustrated and I lost track of time. Like what else is he responsible for? That he could just, and I appreciate that you are trying to be the leader and take responsibility, and I am, it comes on me. But come on, this is, a, in that case, call better place, you know, to, to give yourself more than three downs. But, like, next time somebody slips on defense, he's going to like, listen, I should be talking to the ground screw people about the length <laughs> of the surf at Lambeau Field. That, that's totally on me. I'd said the guy, we need to cut this down to half inch. And instead, you know, I, I let it grow to three quarters of an inch. The guy slipped. I should have talked to the equipment guy about what spikes we were using. That was my fault. I, you know, if we kept the offense out there longer, they could have gotten the spikes changed. Like, what else is he going to do? Like, just, I think he just needs once to say, and, and having not ever been a head coach in the NFL, but maybe he just once go, yeah, uh, right now we stink. and We stink out loud, and we need to figure that out. Or people's heads are going to roll. Jobs are at stake because this is this is what happens. This is the NFL. This is the real job. And if you don't do it well enough, then there's going to be somebody else to take your job. And, you know, maybe that's old school and maybe, you know, I listen to many Lombardi lectures from my dad. Uh, but, you know, like, listen, if you guys can't do the job, we can find people who want to. There are a lot of guys that would like to play in the NFL and a, and a lot of coaches that would love to coordinate a defense. Antonio Pierce came, uh, you know, Look what he's done with their defense. How about this? We're going to blitz last week. You know, there's all kinds of ways to do it. I just know that the Packers don't have any way that they've done it. And it is. And if I am the offense, right, I'm sorry, but that gets really like, what do you mean? How did you drag me into this, that this is our fault? We put up 30 points. Without 33. 33 points, which is, I think, their second highest since week one. And when you look at the, like, I thought the offense had a great game. Yeah. But when you look at. Christian Watson's out. Jaden Reed's wow. out. Wicks got hurt. Musgrave yep. uh, is peeing blood. Tucker Kraft left with an injury for a little bit. So, like, in my mind, those are his Jordan Love's top five pass catchers. He's throwing the ball to a guy named Bo Melton, who I think I've only learned right. about 10 days ago, and Malik right. Heath, both who look pretty good. But, like, that's what Jordan Love is going out there and scoring 33 points with. And then you're like, oh, the offense probably. I get what coach is trying to do. Early in the sure. season, he went in po- some post game and said the defense got shredded. That was evident. But, like, at the end of the bro, it is your fault, but not because the offense didn't do anything, but because you still employ your best friend. Not best friend, but, like, very good friend, I guess. Right. But also look at uh, Joe Barry. Like, on those two plays in the last 19 seconds, if I'm not mistaken, Quay Walker's on the field and Isaiah McDuffie are on the field. Okay? But they're not rushing the quarterback. So what are they doing? Why don't I have all my defensive backs on the field? If you're going to rush three down linemen, that's fine. But it's not like Quay's in there going to give some run support. And I'd rather have my defensive back or somebody trying to cover a tight end or whoever else is out there, even if the size isn't quite right. Because all I want to try to do is defend a pass and get them on the ground. And I'm like, why are those two guys even on the field? Which has nothing to do with their ability. It's You talk about, you know, uh, score, time, clock situation. I just thought... What are those two fellows doing? Because they're not adding anything. If you want to, if you want them to pin their ear back and go after the guy, great. But I'm not sure what the personnel grouping was there uh, in those last two plays that made me think we knew what we were doing. There's, there's that, and just like when you look at Joe Barry has never done this at a high level. 
His track not well. record, no, yeah, not well. His, his track record, I don't believe, has a top 15 defensive finish, regardless of like what stat you look at. And at some point, like when the Packers had Dom Capers and Twitter would take to Twitter every week and be like, fire Capers, fire Capers. Like the man had a top five defense, won a Super Bowl. There's at least a, a little bit of a track record there of having done this successfully. Joe Barry never has. And like, you're just killing, I feel like they're killing so much just opportunity for the team to, like Jordan Love getting to play in a playoff game would be huge. It'd be huge for him. Go on the road would be huge for that young offensive line. They could really benefit from that. And they are doing everything defensively possible to take away that opportunity. I understand the argument that this is a growth year and nobody knows what to expect. And if they don't make the playoffs, it's okay. But if you have a chance any of these times, seasons are valuable and they go quickly. And I feel like they have wasted one here. Because what started out, you know, hey, the Packers are going to be seven and eight going to the last two weeks of the season. Oh, that'd be that'd be fine. I'd take that. But it's not it's not that cut and dried number at the end. There's there's ways to get there. And when you see that, no, this team has squandered, uh, especially defensively, opportunities that could have made them a playoff team. And so they're maybe not a Super Bowl contender. I get that. But as you point out correctly, the fact that they could play into a playoff game. And Jordan Love could get that, and you kind of get that seasoning, you get that feeling. Then I think you've lost an opportunity here, and that's what they have they've done. And that I think it is so glaringly on the defense in so number of ways. Every week I get on with with Homer, and I say, you know, the same things happen all the time. They come out of the half and they score. Happened again. Every time the Packers get a touchdown, they give up a score. Uh, this one, they finally ended. It had been nine straight. The Packers had gone on dating back to the Pittsburgh game nine times in a row where they had scored a touchdown. They had allowed points. And that only ended here because they scored late in the second half and they basically went to halftime. I mean, they, they got it back. Carolina didn't really try that hard and the Packers waited away. So all these little things continue to be there and there's never a, there's never an improvement on these basic Things that might right? be one you of the most it. incredible stats I've ever heard. So nine times in a row, after the Packers scored a touchdown, they gave up points. They gave up points. And That's not, yeah, on, and Matt Lafleur is out here talking about momentum. Yes, obviously it's not a real thing. If you're just going to give up points after a touch, that's an incredibly yeah. damning stat for Mister Barry. Yeah, yeah. Until until the end of this, the second half, or excuse me, the first half in this game where they scored, and then they did get them. Uh, they they went three and out right towards the end of the half, right? The Packers had that kind of wonky possession where they didn't get any. But uh, before that, they had gone nine straight touchdowns. If you go to their last nine touchdowns, they had allowed points afterwards. This is why we have experts uh, like you on the air and not just me wanting to fire everyone. Uh, we're going to get more with John Anderson right after the break. We got Rob Domofsky coming up at 530. Uh, talking Packers, talk a little Jair, Mr. Captain Alexander coming up. Uh, later nice. on in the show as well. This is the Homer Hour. Tony Cartagena, cousin subbing for Homer, joined by my guy, ESPN's John Anderson. We'll be back after the break. More of the Homer Hour coming up next on 94.5 ESPN. This is the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. She said I don't spend time like I really should. She 
I'm not going to wait 19 seconds this time. Going to get right into the action. <laughs> this is the Homer Hour, 94.5 ESPN. Tony Cartagena, cousin subbing today for Homer. John Anderson of ESPN uh, with me. Kind of reacting to, it's not even the Packers win so much as the defense just sucked on Sunday. That's just the word I'm just going to go with. They gave up 30 points to Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, John, you mentioned in the first segment after the game, you had to kind of walk around a little bit, kind of get yeah. your bearings. Are you a stressed out watcher when you're watching the pack? Uh, yeah, but I'm very, I, but I, I am, uh, you wouldn't know it by watching. I just sit. Oh, internal. Stew. That's not healthy. Yeah. And stew. Uh, every once in a while I will, I will scream. Like I, at the end of the game I did, I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> like 22 yard, like who gives up? Not just one, twice, 222. The number of plus 20 plus yard plays they've had over the last couple of weeks is staggering. Um, and it was like seven some, against the Buccaneers, I feel like. They announced it on the TV yeah. at one point. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And oh, by the way, you know, Stokes was there and Jair was back. So you're like, wait, these guys should at least be a little better than 20 yards down the field keeping these guys. Nope. And every every time you're trying to find. A ray of light. There's the, like the silver. The every time you're trying to find the silver lining, there's just more dark clouds, <laughs> right? Like Bryce Young goes for a three twelve, or his pass rate. So another guy whose pass rating is 110. You know, uh, they put up the graphic. Oh, look! It's the Carolina's got their first score in the first half since October 29th. I'm like, yep. oh, like, what is the turnstile that this has become? It was their first and touchdown then, in like three and a half games or two and a half games or something. Yes. And then, fortunately, I, I have a, a daughter in college. She's twenty years old, but she's really she's really knows what's happening. And she goes, "Dad, remember the 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 show uh, Outer Banks?" And I'm like, "Of course not. I have Great no show. idea what that show is." Great show. Okay, well, apparently, the one guy says stupid things have good endings all the time, and I'm like, "Okay, well, that's what happened here. <laughs> stupid things have good endings all the time." And this is this is this is where I finally found my solace is from a television show I've never seen about a bunch of rich teenage kids or whatever it is called Outer Banks. Just text that your stupid te- things have good endings all the time. Text your daughter and say Pogue for life and then she'll <laughs> think that you know what Outer Banks is about. You'll you'll fit right in. It'll be great. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, she's downstairs. I'll ask her afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but she's she's not going back to school yet. But so I'm like, "Okay, well, I'll hang my hat on that because otherwise next week what? We're going to get Nick Mullins and that's just part of the old DeVito Mayfield young Mullins murderers row. I don't know if we can handle that. Nick Mullins is about Nick Mullins is about to get himself a payday going against the oh. Packers without TJ Hawkinson, who was announced earlier, torn ACL MCL done for the year. Yeah. Can we point out though that the Packer quarterback is a calm dude? Right? Like because everything is going is crumbling around him. The defense has just given up this lead. Holy crap. I thought I was safe. The work is done, and the guy just goes out and again. He just took care of business, and and now he just needs to know next time leave you know eight seconds. Um, but I thought he was again in terms of maturation and all these other like that guy was just Jordan Love again. Like I think he's the deal. Like every week he does every every week the defense does something to make me lose faith in them, and every week something jo- Jordan Love does goes okay. They they got the right guy in place. It's almost a disservice to him because. He was really good. Even there were throws that he'd missed in previous weeks that he collected himself and he made uh, mm-hmm. made this past week. And just like 
every single week he plays, there are signs that show, all right, even if he's not Favre, even if he's not Rodgers, we're talking about all-time greats here, like he's the real deal, and he's a real quarterback in this league, and then I just feel like he's going to be expected. Like how many points do you think he legitimately has to put up against the Vikings or the Bears (laughs) to get wins? Because I think it starts with a four. I don't know if it's a four, but I think it's a three. Yeah, I, I think for sure. And But you watch him, and and because he is young, A, and B, we're too quick. We, we don't want to put him in the pantheon of the two guys that were before him because they were so good. Um, But the throw he makes to uh, uh the tight end there. Uh, we don't have to pretend to know any drive. of their names. They were out without his five top right, he, pass catchers. It's fine. But, well, but that's before the guy went out. Right, but he he threads the needle, and you're like, that's a hell of a ball. And if it's Favre, right, we'd be building another statue to him because this guy is still young, and we don't know. But he made some great throws, and yeah, every once in a while he still gets squirrely. But you also think, okay, here's a guy that literally hasn't played tackle football in in four years at, at you know or three uh, three years where he didn't. Yeah, there's preseason, but that's vanilla. Like. This is the first time. So every once in a while he's going to come up against something he hasn't seen. Or every once in a while he's going to get a little rush of blood to the head and miss a guy uh, on a pass that you go, oh, how do you miss that? I mean, you miss that because, you know, for three seasons you've been learning. But he's he was really good. And your point, with those five guys out, as often as the Packers, people bitched, oh, we didn't draft enough people. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the right pass catchers. Why can we never do that? Um like, this guy doesn't seem to care who, as long as they got an eligible number, he just is like, okay, I'll throw to you. Yeah. And and maybe five years from now, he'll have the the, the cachet to go ahead and then start complaining, why don't I have a, 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 a top-round guy? But he seems to just go, okay, if that's the guy that's out there, that's the guy I'll throw it to. That's a good and point. And I have always, I've I feel always like... maintained, I've always maintained that, right, that I get that you want to have those people, but if the quarterback's really good, all those pass catchers get infinitely better. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the key. I, for years, you, the example I always use, watch Jay Cutler, and they're like, if Jay Cutler just had more weapons, and they drive Kevin White or whoever he was from West Virginia, you could say that. But it didn't matter who you put around him. Jay still made dumb decisions and threw it to the other people. And it didn't matter who you put around Brett Favre. Bill Schrader, God bless him, right? Really, he, he's a good guy. But how much money did he make him on the contract to go to the Lions? How many guys did Aaron Rodgers make money for because he was really good? Well, I'd much rather spend my money and have that quarterback and let him make the other guys around him better. And I think Love does that. He makes those guys around him. Like you said, Melton. I'm like, wait, when did James Lofton come back? Number 80, is he? he's not on the roster. Is 80, 80's on the roster? Who Don, knew that? Donald Driver you know? taking a break from delivering subs to catch a couple passes right. on third down on Sunday. By the way, we can tell how old you are. I think James Lofton, you think. Uh, yeah. Uh, De- I, you know what? I, wasn't gonna, I feel like as the younger person, I can never say, like, you really aged yourself. Nope. I was just going to let that one fly. But when That's I see fine. 80, I think double D. That's fine. It's like when I, w- I was visiting with uh, AJ Dillon, I'm like, dude, 28, God bless you. You're doing great. But it's always going to be Willie Buchanan. He kind of looked at me like quarterback in the 70s. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I was, That's about, to start, me, I was about to start Googling not it. Me. So. No, you should. Well, you should know. Well, he was he was a great first round draft pick out of San Diego State. He was an awesome, awesome talent before they sent him back to San Diego. Uh, but I think Love should, uh, because of what's happened with the defense, you know that 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 malodorousness has sort of covered up what he did and how well he played. And then, as you uh, kind of alluded to and has been discussed, 
the Jair Alexander thing. Oh, like, yeah. Welcome back to the team. Really glad to have you. Um, I don't know if he really appointed himself captain or if he was just curious that he'd been at a, it'd been so long since he'd been at the game. Like, hey, what are you guys doing here in the middle? What, what's hap- like what's happening out here? <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, coin flips. I know how this works. Tails, right? And like, then, then you're into it. And so I do. I just think he was completely, he was baffled. But I guess apparently he's from, since you're from Charlotte or Mint City or Mint Hill or wherever he is, I guess that gives you the right to just pop on in and, and take over. So the guy who wrote the story about Jair Alexander's, I believe he used the word bizarre day on Sunday. <laughs> Rob Domofsky of ESPN is going to join us here uh, in a second. And if you're just catching up, Alexander appointed himself captain and then yep. almost screwed up. He won the coin toss and almost screwed up what he said. So the Packers almost yeah. had to kick to start the game and to start the second half. You'll hear more of that next with John Anderson. I'm Tony Cartagena, cousin subbing for Homer today on the Homer Hour. Rob Domofsky coming up next, 94.5 ESPN. More of the Homer Hour coming up next on 94.5 ESPN. Send us in. You're listening to the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. Yeah, no, I told him that, uh, I said, uh, I want I want our defense to be out there. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I mean, it's pretty simple what I said. Like, I want the defense to be out there. they like, you mean defer? I'm like, yeah, I guess. That is Mr. Captain Jair Alexander of the Green Bay Packers. This is the Homer Hour, 94.5 ESPN. I'm Tony Cartagena, cousin subbing for Homer. That's John Anderson laughing in the background because... Well, Jair Alexander appointed himself captain, and the guy who wrote the story, ESPN's Rob Domofsky, is with us now. What's up, Rob? Tony, how are you, man? Long time, no talk. Yeah, so Homer was supposed to host today, and then I just jumped out to midfield and was like, nah, I got this. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the way things run around organizations (laughs) in this state. I I could not believe it. Like, I mean, the Packers don't have – um, the same captains every week. So, you know, so, and I got to be honest with you, I don't usually pay a whole lot of attention to the three guys that walk out there for the coin toss. But um, I happen to notice that about an hour before kickoff that they had tweeted the three captains. And I don't know why it caught my eye, but it did. And then I see Jair go out there and I'm like, wait a minute. And, and look, like um, it was possible that, you know, he was a last minute addition uh, because, you know, they didn't know if he was going to play and this was his hometown. But I felt like it was important to ask after the game. And, of course, uh, we find out that he just did it on his own. And, and it, it sounds funny, but it's really not when you for two reasons. One, he almost botched it, right? Like he almost basically said we're going to kick off, which means that the Packers would have kicked off to start both halves. But the, the worst thing, I think, is just the total lack of regard for, you know, authority and the, the contrition about how he, he, you know, he hasn't played for so long, yet he's been uh, practicing. I mean, it, to me, it's just a total um, – it's completely tone deaf by Alexander and, and probably a sign that he's not really respecting authority. So I'm sure John will have some real questions here for you, especially because, like, yeah, the, just the trend here with Jair is kind of wild. Yeah. But he, he said in that quote, like, you you know what I mean. Is that just a dumb rule by the NFL? Like, you have to be so specific. Like, all right, we know if we're going to take yeah. defense here, we want the ball to start the second half. Like, should they just give up? You have to have, like, the perfect Jeopardy style, well, like, what is I want the ball answer? Yeah, right. Yeah, kind of, but 
um, there's three answers. It's kick off, receive, or defer. I mean, that, that's so really, you know, by saying we want to play on defense, he really didn't answer the question, which is why Alex Kemp, the referee, clarified. And I will point this out. Matt LaFleur told us that, you know, he goes to the – there's a there, – well, let me back up. Before every game, there's a coach's meeting with the officials, okay? And to Matt LaFleur's credit, he always tells the officials, hey, if we win the toss, this is what we're going to call, just so there's no confusion. And, look, the, the, the officials don't want to get this wrong. They don't want it to become a big thing. Because when was it? Was it a Pittsburgh? Was it Jerome Bettis or somebody who, who made a – Yeah, Phil, uh, Phil Luckett. That was Phil Luckett yeah. there uh, uh, with Bettit and the Lions. Yeah, exactly. So that, they don't want that situation. Can I just tell you, I do think it's hilarious. Like these are, these are like, I get what you're saying in terms of the larger part of that. But if you just sit back, like that is comical that this guy went and did that, that you're like, okay, I would rather have captain Steubing call the toss or captain kangaroo, because even then might know what to do with this. And then in the end where he goes, yes, yes, sure. You're like, because even at the end when he goes, they knew what I meant. I think like he wasn't yeah. even sold on what he was saying. Right. Like, no, it, it is impossible. comical. It's, it's it's comical if it weren't such uh, if there weren't bigger issues with both Jair and this defense. Like it, it is funny. Yes. In the sense, but like it's at this point, I think Jair has, um, you know, he's rubbed some people the wrong way in the organization. I, and I, does that mean his time here is over? No, I don't necessarily think so. He's still a really good player. But there are certainly some things that need to be fixed. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is putting one and one together and, and, and coming up with two. But my assumption would be that if they make a change at defensive coordinator and it's someone that Jair likes, then everything's fine next year. So mm-hmm. in, in, in honor of Jair real quick, I think I would go Captain Jack Sparrow, but John and Rob here, who are your favorite captains then? When you think of all-time great captains, who are you guys going with? Uh, well, I think I'm going to go with Captain Morgan. <laughs> that's that's a, a 1A, 1B type situation for me there. Yeah, I'll probably go with Captain and Tennille. Tennille, oh. yeah, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that, John. Yeah, I'd go with him. I don't know, Ahab, but I'm a Melville guy who does, you know, the great American novel. I'm down with that. But it's just, it's, uh, or Steubing. Listen, how do you how do you mess with the love boat, right? <laughs> Which is different than the Vikings? Because didn't the Vikings have a love boat one time too and got in all kinds of trouble? Uh, that they did. they did. That they did. They also had a they also had a whizinator as well. Oh. <laughs> they had that. And by the way, and we they've got to go take care of them. Uh, yeah. Like I, so, Rob. After all, but a, on the most serious note, of all the things that went down last week, here's the defense, and here's the we're going to keep this. Uh, we're going to keep Barry. We're standing by him. Uh, the fact is. It, there was another step backwards. There was another regression. It, yeah. it might even be considered worse in that you know, the, uh, the Buccaneers came out and just plowed them. Okay, that's one thing. This is another yeah. one where you're safely ahead, and then you still let it get away. So yeah, there the still has to be too. some that's, things. I mean, yeah, to yeah. Me that's where it's most troubling. It's, it's who you played uh, and, and how it happened that's more troubling than anything else that's happened this year, right? I mean, like, okay, so the, the, let's just go back a couple weeks. I mean, the Giants aren't any good, but they, you know, Saquon Barkley is still pretty good. And, you know, Tommy DeVito was a runner. So, okay, fine. They, they give up a bunch of rushing yards. Uh, you know, then, then you go to Tampa and, you know, Baker Mayfield, 
hasn't had, you know, the career that many thought, but obviously the talent is still there. And they got a couple guys, right? I mean, they got Mike Evans uh, and they got Chris Godwin, right? Like, so, okay. So you can sort of, not that you're excusing it, but you can sort of see it. But in this case, I mean, this was an offense that, what, were they averaging like 11 points a game over the last month or so or whatever it was? I mean, it it was nine. Yeah, it was terrible, right? So, like, that's the part that's most troubling. However, and and I say this, and, and I'll probably be wrong, but you look at Minnesota's offense. I mean, they don't have T.J. Hawkinson, right? Uh, Jordan Addison got hurt, if I'm not mistaken, in, in the game. Uh, they don't know who they're going to play a quarterback, or if they do, they're not saying, uh, at least until tomorrow. So, like, it, you know, you would think, okay, that this is a chance for the Packers' defense to sort of turn it around, figure it out a little bit. Uh, you know, and, and obviously with what's at stake, go win the game. Now, that said, you know, somebody else will probably come out and, and, and beat them and, and run all over them. So, it's, you know, it, it's just – it's so hard to predict who's going to be the guy that beats you, but it, it sort of feels like somebody's going to beat you uh, in this case. Can coordinators yeah, – go ahead, John. I was going to say, yeah, maybe I just have too many scar tissues because you lay that scenario out, Rob, and I think – well, that's what makes sense, but that's what makes sense with all the rest of them. And I'm like, I think, no, here's yeah. the Vikings going, oh, well, at least we can get healthy here. You know, we can, we can go out and feel good about ourselves. All these plays will work. Um, yeah, I just think know. the Vikings are – I think the Vikings are in trouble. I really do. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I just so. think they've got so much going against them with the quarterback situation, with the injury situation, with the skill players. Uh, I, I just I, – I, I'd have a hard um, time seeing Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know, really, really tear these guys apart. And so we brought this up earlier, and I need your opinion here now, because I think because of both the defensive performance again and the way they collapsed there, like we kind of have buried that Jordan Love was really salty on that drive to go get the field goal. Like that dude just came out and said, all right, this, well, if you guys can't handle this, I guess I'll take care of business. And I thought that was huge. Again, for him, he was great. Right. I think as we've gone on here, he's checked a lot of boxes. And that was a, that was sort of a different one. I mean, he's had fourth quarter, you know, drive scoring drives before, but this was one where okay, they blew the lead, right? And 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 yes. now he had to, he had to do it, which just to me is another you know it's another situation. You, you you can never prepare for and practice all the situations you're going to come up late games. You know that there's going to be all these things that just when you think you've seen every situation that there's something different. But to me, that was just another. Another thing where, okay, the momentum was, was going bad and the defense was blowing it. And, you know, if, if, if they don't get anything done on that last drive, you know, they probably lose the game. So I, I think, you know, ever since sort of the um, – I'm trying to think. The, I guess it was he, – he was pretty good late in the Giants game, right? Like he, he got him out yep. ahead. The, the, I, he wasn't great, you know, for the first part of that game. But, you know, I, I think since the fourth quarter of the Giants game – He's been pretty darn good, and he was good before that in spots too. So I do think they're they're trending in the right direction with him. And the other thing too, look at all the guys he was missing on that drive yeah. too, right? I mean, obviously he didn't have Watson. Uh, Reed gets hurt. Or Reed wasn't playing. Wicks gets hurt. Uh, you know, they they had some guys, some real good players missing, and yet you know a guy like Tucker Craft is going to make a play for you. Uh, in a couple of different spots. So I, I think, and then Romeo Dobbs obviously has played played well in that game. So I, I think if you you throw all that in there, um, you know he he has definitely answered a lot of questions. 
of course it doesn't hurt, you know, to have Aaron Jones with you too. And it's no coincidence that they're two, you know, highest output games from a scoring standpoint are the two that Aaron Jones was basically fully healthy for. Rob, this but may be a little was, bit longer of an answer, but when you yeah. think of Jordan Love and what he's, you know, you said checking all the boxes, showing promise, the defense sucks. How eerily <laughs> similar is that to 2008 when oh, Rodgers first oh, took over? Yeah. Well, and, and Tony, remember, Rodgers was 1-7 in those one-score games, and a lot of those games – he had the lead and the defense blew it, right? Like there was, there was this narrative on him that, um, uh, you know, he, he didn't, he couldn't lead any, he didn't lead any of those fourth quarter comebacks. Well, a lot of times he did put him ahead and then the defense blew it. And of course, you remember what happened after that season, they made a defensive coordinator change, obviously completely different coaching staff. And, you know, you, you know, Mike McCarthy, you know, did what he did with Bob Sanders and then, and then hired Don Capers, um, you know, and, and, Look, if Matt Lafleur doesn't doesn't make a change, you know after after the season, then then he probably should be let go. Not that that's going to happen because we're pretty sure he's going to make a change. But the important thing though, the two that happened that off season was, uh, you know, they they sort of changed the, the scheme. It's, it's one thing to change defensive coordinators, uh, but if you're just going to run the same scheme, which basically is kind of what um, what they've done here, it's a, a variation of the three four, but. Mike Pettin ran a variation of three, four also, uh, you know, they brought in Dom Capers. Uh, they gave him two first round picks in BJ Raji and Clay Matthews. Now you can sit here and say, well, Goody's given th- this defensive coordinator a million first round picks, right? Everybody, but Jordan Love, right. uh, you know, has been first round picks on the defense has been, you know, a first round pick on defense. So uh, it's just, it's going to be such an important hire uh, that, that you, you can't afford to get it wrong. Uh, and you have to give, uh, you have to give credence to the fact that, like your 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 general manager has put all kinds of resources from a draft standpoint in this defense. Now, could you sit here and say that he drafted the wrong players? I, I'm sure that Joe Barry and that defensive staff are probably sitting in there going, "Well, this guy stinks. This guy's no good at this. This guy's no good at that." And Brian Gutekunst and his personnel staff are probably going, "Well, these coaches don't know how to use this guy, and they don't know how to develop that guy." But clearly there's there's a disconnect there. ESPN's Rob Domofsky joins the Homer Hour. Tony Cartagena and John Anderson on for uh, for Homer today. Rob, uh, before we let you go, and you, obviously you just kind of explained all the differences or the similarities in the Rodgers love in those years. We clearly just live in a circle. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure uh, John committed to doing this. If the Packers make the playoffs, uh, Ben Brust of KBN said he's going to jump in a lake. Lake Michigan, to be exact. If the Packers <laughs> don't fire Joe Barry, can we get you? Can we get you to the nearest body of water? What do I have to do? Right? Yeah, uh, I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, Tony. I, I'd be. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say I pretty much. Well, here, here's. I, I'm going to say this. The people who know me know that more than anything in this world, I hate ketchup. Cannot stand ketchup. Okay. If they if they don't fire. Joe Barry, you can get me the biggest burger from wherever you want, pile it with ketchup, and I'll eat it. All right. Let's hold them to that. I'll get the good stuff, the Heinz and everything. We'll deliver it right to you. See, and I was thinking if they don't fire him, I'm going to go jump in a lake and drown myself because that's the the opposite of the polar plunge of of what's going to happen there. Real quick, Rob, I would like I said, if you look at this, right, we everything's relative. Oh, if the Packers could be seven eight, transitional year, we'd take that. But I, I maintain that somehow 
because there were these opportunities, and there still is, that this becomes yeah. a wasted, you've, you've wasted a year here that could have been more. And it's hard in the, NH- in the NFL because years go by quick and they're valuable. And to get in a playoff, even if you're not a Super Bowl contender, but to get in and yeah. have a playoff game and get those experiences, I think is really valuable. And so even though you go seven and eight, okay, that, that's probably okay. I feel like yeah. the dynamic has changed within the season that they've really wasted an opportunity here. Yeah, if they don't get in, I, I totally agree with yeah. you. Um, but we do have to go back to, you know, uh, the first week of September. And what did we talk about was the most important thing of the season is to find out whether Jordan Love can play. And, and then if he can, what you need to do to supplement the roster and build around him. And, and we're sitting here, you know, with two games to go. And Jordan Love's got, what is it, 28, 27, 28 or, 27 or 28 touchdowns. And like 11, 11 interceptions, I think it is, right? And, you know, yeah. that, and, his, and his passer ratings like in the 90s, and he's had, I think it's five of the last six games are 100-plus passer rating. Um, you know, I, I do think that, like, you would take that and then you'd say, all right, what do we have to do next year to do what, you know, sort of what Rodgers did in, in 2009 and, and, you know, go to the playoffs and then a year later, you know, they're in the Super Bowl. So I, I don't think they're that far away from the plan that we thought they needed to, but you're right. They've had an opportunity here and they blew some games against some bad teams, um, you know, that, that really cost you. So, and, and you're right about, about playoff berths, John, like, I mean, you, you don't take these things for granted. You never know when they're going to come. It's hard to get into the playoffs in this league. So when you have a chance, you got to do it because you never know, right? Like, I mean, you yeah. know, I know we thought, I know in 2010 we thought the Packers were a pretty good team. They had some some injuries that you know left them at what eight and six with two games to go, and they had to win those last two to get in the playoffs. But I, I think you sort of felt pretty good about their team. I don't know that we feel that great about this team, but if you get in, you never know, and that experience of getting in and just the the, the culture. You know, they don't want to walk around here for the next eight months or whatever it is till the, till the next season starts, nine months, going, you know, we've missed the playoffs again, right? Like, I mean, that, that, that's a thing. I, I believe that that stuff does sort of have a, a feeling of, you know, when you're talking about culture. I don't know that it has anything to do with how you're going to play the next season, but I think you feel good about yourself, and that translates into things that you get done over the offseason. And you go into the next uh, season – not having to answer the question, oh, you're going to miss the playoffs three years in a row or something like that. So that that's why I think it's important. I haven't decided you- if I actually want Barry fired now or if I want to deliver Rob a uh, burger full of ketchup <laughs> on around January 8th or 9th. We'll find out. Stay tuned the rest of the season. Rob, thanks so much for joining us today, man. All right, guys. Thank we'll you, Rob. You. Have a great week. See yep. This is the Homer Hour. When we return, it'll be a quick segment. We're going to uh, run down memory lane as John Anderson was in attendance. Oh, boy for a 30-year anniversary at Lambeau Field. Stick around. The Homer Hour is back after this on 94.5 ESPN. You're listening to The Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. One final segment here on The Homer Hour. Tony Cartagena, cousin subbing for Homer John Anderson with us as he is every Tuesday uh, John, a little bit behind, not really behind the scenes, watching the game, Packers-Panthers over the weekend, and my uncle, uh, he decided to break out this drinking game, right? And it's a stack okay. of cards, 
And when something from your card popped up, it told you how many drinks to take, and then you got points for it. I don't know how many times I got the card that said if they if there's a passing play over 20 yards, take two drinks. <laughs> I advise, but don't advise. Like, just make sure you have a driver if you're watching the Joe Barry defense. But <laughs> as that that was a game. That w- that was something. So uh, oh. I know you said you're kind of an internal stressed out watcher of the game. It just you know just a little tip. It might it might make it better for you. Take the edge off a little bit, or get, or get plowed. The other thing yep. I, as I've told Homer is I I sit and watch the game. I I am not a person that moves. Okay, so like if I'm in a chair, I don't go. Oh well, that's an unlucky chair. I need to move <laughs> to the other spot. Like I don't have a, I don't have an out. I don't have a bearing on the outcome. Where I sit doesn't matter. My wife's the opposite. She'll go upstairs. She'll go downstairs. She'll scream. She'll yell. Like uh, nothing I do affects what happens in Green Bay. It doesn't happen. In Charlotte, it doesn't happen. In New York, none none of those things matter. Uh, I just sit and I every once in a while I I, I have a brief outburst. And Joe Barry has brought some of those uh, to the fore, which is a shame. My mom uh, was at a game in like 2007, I think, and and they lost on the road. And people still bring up when she walks into a room and she does she couldn't care less about the Packers. And they just go, oh, they're gonna lose now, just because she was in the building when they lost a hundred <laughs> years ago. Uh, almost 100 years ago, but not exactly. 30 years ago today, the Lambeau Leap was born. I <clears throat> I was just listening to an interview with Jason Wilde on WTMJ, and he brought up the fact that the Lambeau Leap never should have happened because Reggie White was out of bounds. John Anderson, you were in the building. What do you remember about that, I guess, somewhat historic but memorable celebration yes. by Leroy? Well, first off, as long as the ref put his hands up, it's a touchdown. So that's the most important thing for Wilde to matter. Uh I, so it was cold as could be, right? The Raiders didn't want to be there. Nick Bell was frozen, didn't want to be there. The whole thing, Leroy jumps in. It's great. I saved my ticket stub. When he was inducted into the Packer Hall of Fame, I got to present him. And I said, you know, there's 100,000 people now that said they were there. And I reached my pocket and I pulled out my ticket stub and I said, but I got this to prove that I was there. Then here's the side part of the story. I was sitting inside with my dad in his club seat, nice and toasty warm. <laughs> so... Sounds cool. Like I was out there with the people. No, no, no. I was in there. I was uh, gloves off and relaxing in, in the temperate uh, club seats when it happened. We'll do it but again. I was to- there, damn it. We'll do it again tomorrow. This is the Homer Hour, 94.5 ESPN.